Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Welcome to Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. And today's topic is on higher dimensions in space and in time. And for that, I have a new co-host, Harrison Greenbaum. Harrison, hey, welcome to Star Talk. I'm very excited. Where have you been all our life? I've been around in another dimension <laughs> watching you guys. That's what it was. Yeah. It was another dimension. Glad to have you. And I hope this topic is something you feel good about. Absolutely. Okay, because even if you don't, I got somebody else just in case. Okay, cool. Perfect. <laughs> Let me introduce an old-time friend. Uh, it's John Allen Paulus. He's a professor of mathematics at Temple University uh, over there in, in uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. There you go. He's written some books. Uh, most recently, A Numerate Life. Sounds very autobiographical. Is that correct? <laughs> it's a mixture of math and memoir. Ma oh, I like that math and memoir. That's beautiful. <laughs> nice. And 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 Harrison, you're you're tweeting at Harrison comic. No, Harrison Har comedy. Ca Harrison comedy. Yes. Well, we'll. we'll I'll, oh yeah, tens uh, and tens of people read it. Tens and tens. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, killing it. <laughs> so 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 John, I called you onto the show because we always get questions because part of the show is going to be cosmic queries, and mm. we always get questions about dimensions sometimes informed by movies that people saw. Right. and But there's other things about dimensions that I think are just awesome that people wouldn't even necessarily know to ask. And I brought you in because you're my, you're my mathematician at arm's reach. Harrison, <laughs> do you have your own mathematician? I have a calculator <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> Close enough. But I think everybody should have a mathematician at arm's yeah. reach. I was a psych major. We had our own statistics. We had psych for statistics for psych, which was not as... Not it, as heavy it was like as, it was like a a, 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 a a toned down. Yeah, like this is a median. <laughs> like okay, we got it. <laughs> so uh, let me let me walk through what I'd like to explore, and I want to hear how you would plug into it. All right, okay? sounds good. So we are all familiar with living in three dimensions, okay? And we measure them all the time. We have height, width, and depth. All right, and mathematically, it would just be x, y, z. That's how we do that, right? Okay. <laughs> And we're good with that. We can move in any of these directions at any time. That's we have full fluidity in the spatial dimensions in which we occupy. Okay. Now, there's a fourth dimension we talk about, time. We are moving forward in time, but we don't have access to the past. So we are forever prisoners in the present, transitioning from our past to our future. So that's a different kind of coordinate. I don't want to worry about that just yet. I just want to imagine that we have like a fourth spatial coordinate that you can move around in. That would just seems to me to be really cool. But before we get there, let's start small, okay? So let's imagine a two-dimensional being. That's something that only has height sort of and width, but not depth, all right? So this would be like the Edwin Abbott's book, right. uh, Flatland. Flatland, right. Flatland. Could you just remind us about the, the themes of that book? Written like a hundred years ago, right? Right. It's he uh, talks about what he calls flatland, which uh, is a two-dimensional surface. He was a surface. mathematician. He was a, he mathematician. Was a mathematician, and uh, circles and lines and polygons move around on this two-dimensional space. So polygon is just a it's uh, a, it's a it's like a, a stop sign. 
right. as an example of right. a square, a stop sign, a, this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. What, what interesting thing about Flatland, though, is there's a lot of social commentary built into it. Uh, he, he criticizes Victorian values, uh, especially with regard to, to women. Uh, women are just lines. And the way, they really? com- the way they communicate is by wiggling their back part. And, wow. and and it's very very hierarchical, <laughs> very hierarchical. The polygons that have more sides are are above uh, superior to triangles, for example. The, the ideal is yeah, a even circle. in two dimensional universes. Yeah. People yeah, got to divide themselves up. Right. right. So there's a social hierarchy. Right. But then, but then he imagined uh, a third dimension. Uh, he he's taken to the third dimension. And he, one he, of these uh, one of these creature characters uh, in two D. And uh, yeah, he's a creature in two D. But uh, th- a third dimensional entity comes and takes him up and shows him what what, what the third dimension looks like. And he goes back and he he kind of proselytizes for the existence of this. And we we have this very parochial view of the universe. It's actually much greater. But the the little beings don't uh, the two dimensional beings don't uh, don't like that they can't, uh, and they can't even they're very parochial yeah they can't conceive of it they get angry because they can't conceive of it and they they think he's some sort of quack or whatever so instead of squares you have cubes right instead of triangles you might have a pyramid so right three-dimensional versions of those shapes right yeah right, right. and as the, <clears throat> as the sphere comes down onto uh, flatland the circle its intersection with the flatland gets bigger and bigger as the sphere descends or ascends so, so if you were a flatlander and you saw a point grow into a circle and the circle gets bigger and bigger, it gets to some maximum diameter and, and then shrinks back down and then disappears, that would be completely mysterious to you. But if you're a high, if you live in a higher dimension, in three dimensions, you would say, oh, that's just a sphere passing through right. your two-dimensional universe. And it might be possible to infer the existence of, uh, of the third dimension from that very process. Uh, here, uh-huh. Here's the circle gets bigger and bigger and then smaller and smaller. They'd have to be able to imagine a circle, though. I mean, right. they have to ma- imagine, imagine a sphere. Imagine a sphere, yeah. Or some right. flatlander makes a ton of money as, like, their copper fields. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Look at this point. Yeah. Like, whoa. <laughs> he has television specials. <laughs> so, so here's what's interesting to me, which gets kind of freaky fun, okay? So when we, as three-dimensional space beings look at a two-dimensional world every creature is completely transparent to us right. we can see their entire innards right whereas they cannot see their own innards because the boundary of those innards is the outer quote surface of what they see and that's all they see right and they just see that line right the textured line but they can't see through that line unless they cut it open or they see a point if it's a polygon or a triangle coming towards them Okay, so that tells me that a four-dimensional being looking at us would have access to every one of our interior organs, and that would just be completely mysterious to us. Right, and the four-dimension, I mean, they, you get into these standard puzzles. Uh, a four dimen- you, If there was a fourth dimension, you, even if you were locked in a cubicle jail, you could step into the fourth dimension and escape. In the same way, uh, you can escape from a circular enclosure by going into the third dimension and escaping. So you, you can imprison an ant by drawing a box around it, if an ant right. only really lived in right. 2Ds. Uh, you can imprison it, but we as three-dimensional people, just step over it. Yeah, what's But to do so, it has to engage a third dimension bef- for it to then come back right. down. And so, so, so we, it is out of their mental awareness. Right. So let me ask you, are we not only prisoners of our timeline, are we prisoners of our three dimension? What, what will it take? You're the mathematician. You've calculated in higher dimensions before. What will it take to escape our three dimensionality? 
Well, I mean, three physical dimensions. Uh, uh, that uh, I, the threeness was probably established in the early moments uh, of the universe, after the first moments after the Big Bang, yeah, when, the formation of the universe. Right, with the the energy was sufficient to pop out uh, a new dimension. But once it cooled a little bit, you, the third dimension was locked in. At least, uh, so people are are using the second law of thermodynamics to explain the threeness of the dimension. And uh, whether that's the case or not, there are lot, lots of alternative theories, but that's, that's one. And it's a little bit like a phase transition. You need energy to change phases from, from water to gas or whatever. And you need energy to bump up or the dimension. Or to melt ice to liquid. Uh, right, 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 to yeah. bump up a dimension. And now I, it's, it's cool. I think about phase transitions all the time because that's a, it's, a, it's a fancy term we use in physics, but it's for a very familiar thing. Right. But it's so familiar that we no longer are astonished by it when right. we should be, okay? Right. Here is this liquid, and then it becomes completely solid. Why aren't we freaking out every day about this? Yeah, no. Oh, it happens when you take out your parents' vodka and you replace it with water, and then the thing explodes in the freezer. Oh, you can't You're like, ah, oh, you damn phase transition. <laughs> Thwarted again. No, so, yeah, so you were replacing the vodka with water right. so they wouldn't know. Right, yeah. but that expands. This sounds like an exploding you have bottle. such expertise at this. Perhaps. <laughs> or you put a Diet Coke can in the freezer and leave it there for a day, and it comes yeah. out all. Right. Right, so it's a well. That'd be the, that's a different. That's thing, a different going in the other right. Direction. No, no. If, if you expand, that's right, that's a yeah. separate phenomenon. Yeah, right. From that, just the phase just phase, yeah. Right. Yeah. So what you're saying is we missed a few phase transitions in the early universe. Right. We could have been four dimensional, five dimensional. Right, beings. and I mean these are defective dimensions uh, if you believe in uh, in string theory. Yeah, there. Yeah. But but, but here, here's another interesting thing I learned. If you're a two dimensional creature, you cannot have a digestive tract. Or even a brain, actually. I mean, if you push it, I mean. Well, no, a brain, not as we would know it, but you can imagine some network uh, maybe of lines. Got, okay. Some, right, but okay. but a, a digestive tract in us is a hole th through a tube and has two ends to it, right? Okay. Or three, but let's, let's, let's keep it a two for, for <laughs> yeah. the moment. We have, so you eat food, comes out the other side. Right. It's a hole through us. But that, that tunnel is completely enclosed by our flesh. Okay? Right. Okay. So now this is our two-dimensional being and has a mouth. And then it opens its mouth. You put food in. If that food goes through it and then comes out any place, that being is in two separate pieces. Right. Unless the mouth closes and the anus, for, what, for lack of a better term, opens. Oh. Uh, Interesting. So this it, sounds like somebody who's also thought about flatlander sex. I feel like that was the next question. <laughs> How, How does it work? Yeah. What are we going to do with all these? No, this, the, yeah, the, the top people we need working on this. <laughs> so, so it would open its mouth, consume the food, close its mouth. So that will hold it. It's got to like re-seal or something. That way it's still together as one the other. thing comes and it's got to open that. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Well, I got this now. We're good. <laughs> okay. We're good. Unless you need to keep the food away from the rest of the body. Like there's a reason it's being separated from the rest of us. No, but no, it gets absorbed in. Yeah, through oh, okay. the walls. They, they yeah. need nourishment. Yeah, yeah, that's where the nourishment okay. comes from. Didn't you take bio one hundred and one? So, so it's these things that intrigue me, and no, uh, that's why I brought you on, just to sort of wax. Where wormholes is another topic that's very intriguing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love wormholes, but you need, you know, we always show a wormhole. As with one reduced dimension, because I guess right. we can't otherwise conceive of it, right? right? We show a, a rubber sheet, and there's a, like a punk, you know, a, a, a stretch that goes, of, through, that goes through it, yeah. and it comes out the other side. But that rubber sheet 
is a is our way of representing a full three dimensions. Right. It's just two. Right. It's really so. We, so, did you see the movie Interstellar? Yes. Okay. So they're coming upon. I like the part with the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're coming upon a wormhole through space, and it's just a, it's a sphere. And you say, well, that's not a hole, but yes, it is, because it's a hole in every direction. So you go in and you come out another side, but that requires a higher dimension for it to happen, and that's just that's just cool. So what I you know what I want? I want. But in any dimension, is that movie fun to sit through? <laughs> <laughs> well, if if you read the book, there was a tandem book. Man, I guess you didn't get the book. Oh, okay. okay. The book is it, it, it's an explanatory book, the science of Interstellar, ah. written by one of the co-executive producers, who's a professor of theoretical physics at Caltech. Nice. Yeah, and it's 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 like a coffee table book, but a lot of pictures and things from the movie, and he explains everything. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you read that, and then okay, you then I get back. Th to then it. you reserve judgment. You call me in the morning. Yeah, and <laughs> I like the time stuff. The time stuff is really. That's yeah, good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Uh, so, I, so I, I just love thinking about dimensions. I also like thinking about a hypercube. A hypercube. So Tesseract. Tell me, t t t tell me about hypercubes. Hypercubes are just cubes of uh, four and higher dimensions. Yeah, you, I like the mathematician. He's so like it's, it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just a higher dimensional cube. I, I, yeah, I, we I, have these. I got one in my pocket. Right? <laughs> Actually, if you look at the ordinary sense of dimension, which is some feature or aspect of a person or thing or whatever, you can have you know a very high dimensional entities. I mean, if you allow, for example, look at a person. This height, his weight, his whatever, plus the, the, what he, he likes, the degree to which he likes it, the brands he likes, uh, his uh, almost any dimension. You could have 50 dimensions. You look at eHarmony, 100 dimensions. What's interesting about that, if you think of a person as a 100-dimensional person, uh, almost everybody on, on Earth is in the, on the edge of the hypercube. Because if you take a square, a 10-inch by 10-inch square to use parochial units, and you stay a half an inch away from the edge, uh, you know, only, um, what is it, nine times nine, 81% is in the interior and the rest is in the exterior. But now if you take a cube and you take a look at a half inch around each one, then it's nine times nine times nine. It's only about 73% in the interior. The percent goes up. It goes, the percent goes down. No, no, the percent of oh, what in, is in the, the, in the edge. on the perimeter goes up. Right. right. And then you have four, it's 62%. Right. If you have 50 dimensions, almost everybody is in the edge, around the edge. Ooh. And it's so, in that sense, my father used to love this saying. He says there's two kinds of, you probably heard it, there's, there are two kinds of people in the world. They're very strange ones and the ones you don't know so well. <laughs> and so, we're all really strange because we're all in the periphery of this hypercube that describes us as a collection of, of dimensions. So, that, a collection so of, uh, does that mean eHarmony works or not? Uh, I, I'm not. You're on the dating I, scene. What I, 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 I know I'm from on your. All the apps. Yeah. I'm on Tinder. I'm on J Swipe, which is Jewish Tinder. <laughs> yeah. It's like regular Tinder, but if you both swipe right, you get half of her father's business. It's great. <laughs> Wait, so, I, so uh, do you feel like your dimensionality is properly represented in your social profiles? I think they should ask if you understand hypercubes, and that could that could really get out. I use astrology. That's my oh, big no, thing. That, there you go. That I'm I sure. sit a girl down and I go, "Do you believe in horoscopes?" And if she says yes, I end the date immediately. Oh, I see. Oh. That, that's a filter. Right. If she's like, "What's your sign?" I'm like, "The exit." Yeah. I'm out of it. It's, it's worse than between you and I. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's if you're if you're hyper literate. You, you'll uh, back when Cosmos was airing, they 
there was a comic that was really cute. There was a speed dating, right? And uh, one person says to the other, uh, uh, have you seen Cosmos? And the person says, what's Cosmos? And the person says, next. Yeah. <laughs> I said, whoa, that's good. That's like putting some <laughs> academic pressure you know, on your speed date encounter. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So let's so continue the hypercube. So... Uh, so, what, so describe to me how you get there, because I, when I think of it, I think of, I'll start with a line, and the line is one dimension, because it right. only has length, and it's bounded by two points, points each with zero dimension. Points doesn't have any height, width, or depth, or anything, okay? That's right. kind of interesting to me. But I only see a cube if you hand it to me. But wait, so watch, right. no, 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 watch, watch. Oh. So now I take this line, mm -hmm. and then I sort of rotate it out into uh, an axis, then I get a square. So a square has two dimensions to it, but it's bounded by four one-dimensional lines. That's just kind of interesting. So now I take that square and slide it up to get a cube out of it. So now a cube has six sides, each bounded by two-dimensional surfaces. It's called a die. <laughs> a, a what? A die. Oh, a die, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. Okay, so now if I want a four-dimensional cube, I take this three-dimensional cube and pass it into a fourth dimension, and thereby I end up with eight sides, each a cube. The right. side is itself a cube, and we just can't think no, of that. That's, but that's, you're a mathematician, you've been doing, can you think Can you think in four dimensions, or is it still weird for you? No, you still have to resort to cross-sections. I mean, there, there's, uh, there are animated versions of the Tesseract where it, it, it rotates. The Tesseract is the four-dimensional cube. It's the four-dimensional cube where it rotates and you look at the various cross-sections. You can get a little bit of a, of a feel, but uh, no. I mean, some people, I mean, Thurston, uh, late mathematician at, uh, I think he was at Princeton, uh, did have a kind of visceral feel for four-dimensional uh, entities, but uh -huh. uh, most people, most mathematicians... Okay, so I don't feel so bad. No, right. you don't okay. have... We've got to take a quick break. When we come back, we will be joined by a good friend and fellow physicist, James Cacalio. Some of you know him as the world's expert on the physics of superheroes. There's some higher dimensionality going on there. We will bring him into the conversation as well as... Queries from our families. We're back at Mashable headquarters in New York City for Star Talk. Topic of today is higher dimensions. And I got help. I got mathematician right here, John Palos. And coming in on video call, John Cacalios. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are excellent, you? Excellent, excellent. You've met my co-host for today, uh, Harrison. Harrison Greenbaum. And, and wait, wait. Uh, for those of you who see this on video, you have superheroes dangling from your wall. Now, I yep. knew you wrote the book, The Physics of Superheroes, but they appear, little versions of them have appeared to have invaded your, your, your den. You may think of them as action figures, Neil. But to me, they are lecture demonstration tools. So, oh, that's how you that's how you explain yeah. that to your mother and to your wife. Yes, okay. And my department chair, yes. <laughs> You've been expensing a lot of action figures. <laughs> yep. Moving on. So um, one of your favorite books of mine is The Physics of Superheroes, but that's not your latest book. Uh, remind no. me of your latest book. 
The latest book is oh, and hair. I happen to have it right here. Oh. <laughs> Who says this isn't the Marvel Age of shameless plugs? <laughs> this is the uh, physics of everyday things. Excellent, so, excellent. So you're 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 the you're everyone sort of man about town physicist. It, it, it there are there are people who cover astrophysics. Um, uh, there are people who do the Higgs boson. I cover all the nitty gritty stuff that surrounds us every day, and uh, explain how physics is useful not just to explain colliding neutron stars, but also to explain our Fitbit. Okay, <laughs> very good to know. I got rid of my Fitbit. You got rid of it. It measures your motion based on wrist activity, and I was like, I don't need people to know they run a marathon at four a.m. every evening. <laughs> So what we've got here, uh, we're in the Cosmic Queries uh, yes. edition, uh, section of our of our Star Talk, and uh, Harrison, you've collected uh, questions, all the questions, the, and like, bring it on. All right, bring it on. And we, I got two experts here. I could just like go to the Bahamas right now because we got all the expertise <laughs> you need for higher dimensions, and so much of people's access to higher dimensions and knowledge of higher dimensions comes from superhero movies. So let's see what you got. Yeah. Go so the first question comes from our Patreon. So thank you for Patreons. Okay. For supporting us. Um, and this one is from Orlando, Florida. So he's near a superhero theme park. Uh, mm -hmm. We've <laughs> seen compelling theories that postulate everything from four to twenty-six dimensions in our physical world. What's so special about the fourth dimension? Is there anything mathematically unique about it compared to what we consider spatial dimensions? So I think we pretty much answered that, but. Ooh. Yeah, so John, Is there anything mathematically uh, unique about it? Uh, it's physically, uh, I mean, there are arguments for it. As I said, uh, the second law of thermodynamics suggests that uh, once the early universe cooled a bit, it didn't have enough energy to. Uh, uh, to birth out another to dimension. To birth out another uh, dimension if you wanted the second law to hold. So uh, the fourth uh, is beyond us. But, You're saying uh, we're stuck with four dimensions. We're, we're, we're stuck with uh, three and one, yeah, four dimensions. So, um, I mean, there are these other um, you know, deficient, for lack of a better term, dimensions if you believe in, in string theory. But, uh, uh, you know. Okay. That's, I mean, there, there are lots of theories. I mean, Kant had his uh, own theory, is, uh, I, but I don't want to get into Kant. <laughs> Immanuel Kant. Immanuel yeah. Kant. Okay, yeah. But he didn't know anything about cosmology. No. no. Well, well, one thing he did, he, he made a distinction that uh, many people derided between noumena and phenomena. Noumena is the way things are that we'll never know. Phenomena is the way we see things. We are a priori categories. And in a way, I mean, the okay, string, know, string physics, theory is, physics, is something we'll never know. And the extra dimensions and other universes, we'll just never know. In physics, we don't give a rat's ass about what something is if what it is is not revealed to us through a measurement. Yeah, but... Uh, Would you agree with that? I, I would. Um, yeah. It is kind of disturbing that of all the extra dimensions, none of them are in the time domain. They all right. seem to be it's extra spatial dimensions because if they were in the time domain, then maybe we could move back and forth in time the way we move back and forth in space. And in fact, science fiction stories have sometimes suggested that that would be how time travel would occur. That wait, wait, could, so, like, I, so help me on this. So if we had more than one time dimension accessible to us, does that mm -hmm. mean we can just go off in one time coordinate while freezing our movement in the other time coordinate and do things with our life and then return and then continue? Because that's what I do spatially. Why not? <laughs> I, 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 no, presumably that would be in fact the case. That's, that's kind of right. cool. There's, yeah, so that, I, I can't remember where it might have been even um, 
an H.G. Wells story, short story about um, that might be a way of, of achieving time travel, that they discovered uh, that there's other pathways, just so you can get from one point to another taking alternate routes. Alternate you time could routes. Do, you could in spatial routes. We do we do it all the time. Right, right. So uh, oh, I see that you could you could you'll, you'll take a shortcut. You'll do right. You'll, you'll you go could backwards take backwards to where you once were. You'll exactly. Visit your old haunts. Yeah. It's like right. A time shortcut. Yeah. So you could have a, a time short you know shortcut. Right. Um, that would be interesting. But they never want to add another time dimension to set when they need to add dimensions. They, but is this any, they, anything different from the wiggly wobbly timey-wimey time of Doctor Who? I think that ultimately, the, the reason why there are only extra spatial dimensions is in, in fact just that. To avoid saying, well, they, they kind of postulate time travel is not going to happen, so everything has to stay all the extra dimensions are spatial. Mm. Well, time travel al always leads to the grandfather paradox. You go back in time right. and mm -hmm. right. your grandfather. Right. And, and, and that's the, the universe splits there. In one universe, your you know, grandfather. That's, so okay, that's the many worlds. So that's the many worlds. That's right. right. So you can go back in time, but it's an alternate, so you can kill as many grandfathers as you got bullets. Yeah, and existed. Would Trump be president? There's nobody <laughs> who's using their time travel to come back and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, but I'm so that's I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> All you have to do is prevent your grandfather from meeting your grandmother. Yeah. Then you won't be born. <laughs> right. or, or delay when they had sex by 10 minutes. He's this guy uh, with blood on his hands. He's like, you just had to go to the library. Yeah, it's all <laughs> Knock a book out of his <laughs> Oh, my God. Right, what I, let's go to the next question. What all do right. you have? Uh, mm -hmm. This gets us to our next one. From Justin Collado in Facebook. How much cannabis do I have to smoke to get to the fourth dimension? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming he's I in Seattle. Experts. <laughs> or Colorado. Or Colorado. Yeah, yeah, we got good places yeah. for that. <laughs> what are you looking at me for? No, no. Okay. <laughs> okay, so John, when you get deep into your math, uh, how much cannabis does, is required to reach different dimensionalities in your analysis? <laughs> no, I don't know. No, don't know. Okay. Okay, uh, so that's an experiment that you could perform. Yeah, well, in my particular case, it'd probably be a tiny amount since I, I don't ever engage in such. So I, I think a tiny little bit, and I'd be in the fifth dimension. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and Time slows down when I use it, so that's oh, yeah? a way of okay. changing yeah, right, the fourth yeah. dimension. Right. So it's not for you. For me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of us are looking at you. My friend. <laughs> oh, your friend. Yeah, it's my friend, your friend in Colorado. Who smokes. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, next one. All right, cool. Uh, mm -hmm. This is from the Star Talk website. Is there a study of physics that delves into the zero D dimension? Every other dimension possibility is looked at, like in string, string theory, but why is the possibility of dimensions lower than one excluded from that line of thought? Well, technically they're not, because that's what a singularity is in the center of a black hole. That's it, what the singularity was at the birth of the universe. Nice. That's the definition of a singularity. So now here's the problem. And, 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 and James, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here or if you think differently about it. The, what's interesting about these singularities is that we know in advance that's where Einstein's general theory of relativity breaks down. Mm -hmm. We need a new way to gain access to what's going on in the universe at those points of singularity. And it's been said that's where God is dividing by zero. We're like, you're not supposed to do that, <laughs> okay? So, so, and string theorists are supposed to be lining up to handle that limit, that limiting case. So, so yes, that, that, that this writer needs to think of singularities as the zeroth dimension. And James, what, can, can you add to that? I, I would, I, so along what you just suggested, Neil, the tricky part is that 
if you're going to base, you say physics only cares about things that you can measure and what the evidence is. And at the singularity, we have no evidence and all of our equations break down. It makes it rather tricky to then have a theory that accounts for the singularity and then presumably would then account for things that we're observing today um, to try to justify. I hadn't thought about that. What you're saying is you can't use a macroscopic object to measure a zero-dimensional thing. Right. So, well, and or, or going back to that to that point, mm -hmm. you know, in, of the singularity, it's like, where's the evidence? You know, we say, what's the evidence or what's the what's the data? Well, you that have you're to be there, to but you can't be there yeah. if everything is singular. Uh, all right. Next question. What all do right. you have? Uh, so <laughs> this is sort of related. We touched on it a little bit, but this guy on the website, Gary F. Anderson, he said supposedly before the Big Bang, dimensions didn't exist. When the Big Bang manifested itself, dimensionality suddenly came into existence. Did that dimensionality expand at the speed of light, or did it just instantly pop into existence, creating an infinite empty universe? Well, everything we know says that we were endowed by the matter, energy, space, and dimensionality from the 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 transition from an extremely high temperature universe to one that's much cooler and we're freezing out these properties as the universe expands and cools wow. so so it so so james would you, Ed, would you add or subtract anything from that account not at all i'm a humble but lovable solid state experimentalist so <laughs> I, no don't I, blame me for this big bang stuff <laughs> no, no no but this is not my area uh -huh. of expertise so i will defer yeah, yeah. so uh, i mean we it's it you get this at different stages of the extremely early universe and so uh, we're stuck with the universe we have get over it <laughs> next question that's fair Got time for uh, one more before we take a break Go. yeah green meteor from instagram said is death the fourth dimension Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Sounds seem like more of the zeroth dimension. <laughs> you, you, you just disappear. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> yeah, I would agree. Death is the zeroth yeah. dimension. Yeah, I, right, I'm, right. Right. I'm, I'm yeah, going with that. You go with that. We got three. It works for me. Three and over here. We're going with it. Okay, so we got another one. Bring sure. Another one. Richard Adams on Facebook says, "Do accounts of powerful deities make more sense when you consider higher dimensions?" Ooh. Well, you know, when you think about like the, the, the flatland example, that if we lived in a flat dimension, uh, a three-dimensional uh, person who could put things in and out of our flat dimension would seem, you know, extra physical, you know, would seem uh, beyond our realm or our understanding. And isn't that so, what Thor is to Earth? Thor exists in higher dimensions. They have access to space-time yeah. dimensions that we don't. Isn't that correct? Presumably, I mean, <laughs> well, you're my comic book guy. Don't tell me well, presumably. I mean, but, but well, they they've gone back and forth on that of saying, oh, it's magic, or saying that there's a scientific. It's okay. just like hyper science, or back to it's magic. So, um, but, but, but I think the takeaway here is that it's clear that if you live in a higher dimension, relative to some community of beings. You are all powerful and all knowing in ways they will never understand or imagine. Mm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. So I think that's right. The answer is yes. so the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think the, the answer yeah. is basically yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's indistinguishable from what a high and right. deeply religious people will say God is is a is knows all and and is all powerful. They're, they they will describe powers ascribe powers to God that. Any of us would give to a four to a higher dimensional being, if right. they, yeah. I think that would be a trivial. 
And we could have a hierarchy of gods too. The fourth dimension, the fifth dimension, sixth dimension. Yeah, yeah. So I just need to find a flatland and be God. <laughs> That's what you. Is that your first thought? Is that is that is that what you read? Yes, the cult of Harrison. There'll be a bunch of flatlanders <laughs> giving me two dimensional offerings. <laughs> like the tiny insects you are. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, when we come back, more of cosmic queries on higher dimensions when Star Talk returns. We're back on Star Talk, Cosmic Queries segments. We're talking about higher dimensions beyond the three spatial and one time dimension with which we are familiar. I've got math professor John Paulos. I got my co host, yeah. Harrison Greenbaum. And on video call, I've got James Kakalios, one of my favorite people out there of them <laughs> all, Mr. Superhero Expert. So we got questions from our fan base. Yeah. So, so what do you have? Alex Lanter from Twitter wrote, is a tesseract a fourth dimensional object? Follow up, what is a tesseract? <laughs> so that's weird that this person doesn't even know what it is, but he's asking about well, it. Well, because he's seen it in the movies. Yeah. So, so, so obviously the word tesseract has its origins in mathematics, right. and it was then co-opted by the Marvel Universe. I presume. Right. So what, earlier in our first segment, we talked about the Tesseract just as a four-dimensional ah. cube. So if you okay. can tell us what role does it play in the Avengers uh, pantheon? Not so much the Avengers. The Fantastic Four at one point had their headquarters that was kind of a Tesseract so that they could be on just a warehouse um, on the uh, New York uh, wharf and yet have managed to have the – uh, facilities of a skyscraper there. So it was a real I, estate device. <laughs> Wait, so, so exactly. <laughs> it was a real estate. It was a real estate scape. It's bigger <laughs> on the inside. Trust me. So, 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 so it's bigger on the inside, like Doctor Who's oh, right, um, uh, uh, police call box, the TARDIS, right. like Mary Poppins' bag, which she Mary pulls Poppins mirrors bag. and mm -hmm. lamps out of it, like Hermione's purse in Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. And the wardrobe from Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? The, um, or is oh, that really I, more of a portal? That, that portal. was more a portal. Yeah. I thought right. of that more as a portal yeah. rather than a container yeah. uh, inside. Um, uh, what's the movie I'm remembering where the, like, the Tesseract was in, this, in a NASA facility? And oh, 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 they were talking about – so that was um, – the Tesseract was actually one of the Infinity Stones. That was in the first Avengers film. I know it. Yes, yes. And so that's that blue glowing yeah. – um, uh, stone and that was that has been later identified as the space infinity gem or infinity stone that gives you ultimate control over space so it, it was viewed naively as a tesseract just basically as a portal or some way to go from one point to another and now it's recognized that it would give you control over any point in space. So when you say now it is recognized, was there some team of researchers that <laughs> to crack team of like, what do you mean now it came to be realized? Yes. When Thor went into that little mystic pool in Avengers two age of Ultron, he recognized that what, what they were dealing with were the infinity stones. Um, we saw a purple power infinity stone in guardians of the galaxy. Um, the vision has a yellow uh, mind stone that gives you powers. Okay, of, so tesseract was just a holding, a holding. It word. was basically it was a holding. They needed word. a cool word until yep. they could figure out how to yep. do more with this thing. Right. Okay. And now there's a Trump tesseract tower. 
<laughs> the Trump Tesseract. That that'd be a that that's a okay, so that'd be a building you walk into and it's way bigger on the inside right. than it would be on the outside. Yeah. Right. And that's isn't there There's a, a joke in there cube? somewhere. Yeah. Oh, come God. on. There's so many. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm going to use my Tesseract to go back in time and uh, <laughs> But there cuz I was getting I was nerding out cuz isn't there also the cosmic cube which is like that Okay, so they were referring to the Tesseract a little bit as the Cosmic Cube in Captain America First Avenger and then in the Avengers movie. In the comic books, the Cosmic Cube is a cube that when you're holding it, you can change reality. So in some sense, it was like the reality stone, Infinity Gem, in that you could just change. So suddenly, if the Red Skull was holding the Cosmic Cube, he could, we could suddenly be in a world where Germany won World War II. So a different, uh, a different outcome. Of events different, in the so world, a whole different realities, oh, or mm-hmm. everyone has like you know a third eye mm-hmm. or forearm. You could ch- you could change any aspect. And that was primarily that was primarily through the comics rather than through the films. Yes, except that in Thor: The Dark World, God, it is so sad. I know all this. Um, <laughs> that uh, the red that <laughs> we, we they, weep for you with the ether. <laughs> was, oh, no, I'm on the same boat. I lost my virginity in college, so we're, we're fine. <laughs> uh, the ether that Thor and the uh, dark elf Malekith fought over turned out to be identified to be the reality stone. So okay. that is introduced into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we'll be seeing that presumably in Avengers 3 and 4. So these are other space space paths, not time paths. So right. other realities a, that yes, you There is a time stone. We haven't seen that one yet, okay. though. All right. So next one. Nice. Sorry, we have seen it. We saw it in Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange in the Eye of Agamotto had the Time Stone. Okay. That's why, why he was able to trap Dormammu in the time loop. Oh, spoiler alert. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, this next question comes from Nanook Shakuk. Is mm. that the... Let it be. It rhymes. All right. Could it be plausible that the edge of the universe is merely the end of a dimension and possibly the start of another dot, 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 just a thought? Well, so it turns out variations on the multiverse idea have it that there are pockets of the universe that are expanding in such a way that other expanding zones don't know about each other. Okay, so the independently expanding zones within sort of the space that's spread out among this metaverse, if you will, this multiverse. And so... The edge of your universe is technically the edge of your reality, but I I learned this, uh, James, I don't know if you knew this, I learned this like a week ago from a cosmology colleague of mine, that you can have one edge of an expanding universe bump into the edge of another expanding universe, and that would show up as a circle, because these are expanding bubbles, which if two bubbles intersect, you get a circle, and that would show up in sort of the cosmic Microwave like, background, like flatland, the sphere coming down. The sphere it'd be yeah. c- coming through. So, so, uh, so I don't, I don't think we can think of it so much as another dimension, but it certainly would be the boundary between your universe and other universes. And so, uh, so that that's got to be pretty good if you found a way to portal from one to to, to tunnel from one to the other. You do a lot of tunneling I, in your in your microphysics, <laughs> don't you? Yeah, I actually we do. All I know is that if one universe bumps into another universe, your insurance rates are going up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, you get one forgiven uh, collision. Oh, you get one. That, that's <laughs> yeah, it's no fault. It's one no freebie. Fault. The mulligan. Yes. <laughs> All right, Harrison, what else you got? All right. Uh, since the Higgs field, this is from Gavin Minton on Facebook. Since the Higgs field creates mass and massless particles do not experience time, does that mean that the Higgs field creates time? Is time simply a bizarre emergent property of the Higgs boson? I love it. I don't know if it's true, but I love the idea. What, what do you yeah, think, James? Yeah, that's a- that sounds great. Right, because without the Higgs boson, uh, you would have no particle mass and only particles with mass experience time. The question is, can you experience time if there's no mass and no speed of light particles? Can you even I, imagine time? Or maybe no. time has no meaning because there is no sequence of events had- for you to measure. What do you think? Right, I think that's I, I think that's exactly right. What you just said there that if there's if there, time is the thing that we use to kind of order, uh, you know, what comes first, what comes second, and if if they're occurring all simultaneously, then uh, it's either all simultaneous or nothing is happening anywhere. Right, time right. has no meaning. The thing that- is that. Different particles interact with the Higgs field. They couple in different ways, which is why they have different mass. Um, and yet, no matter how they couple to the Higgs field, they all seem to experience time the same way. That's so, an interesting point. So even the high-mass particles experience time at the same rate that a low-mass particle does. But different unstable particles decay at different rates than do other unstable particles. So... I, that's one of the great mysteries that you get. The, this particle mm-hmm. decay in 30 seconds, this one in mm-hmm. six minutes, reliably, predictably every single time. Well, one thing that strikes me is that often in these specula- speculations, uh, the interplay between the English language and physics is very nebulous. I mean, even, I mean, right. Poincaré once said that uh, you Poincaré, could. The mathematician. The mathematician and the f- physicist, that you could uh, insist that the universe was, was Euclidean. If you, and if you did, you'd have to introduce fictitious forces and strange torques and accelerations. So you, you pick your, your, your physics geometry combination and you can make it whatever you want to some extent. They had this conventional view of philosophy of math. But if you do pick it one way, you've got to change the physics. And so, so this is this reminds me of the quote. Uh, was it attributed to Einstein, where it's time is uh, invented to make motion look simple? Yeah, that, that that's a. What do you think of that? Conventional mm. theory of time, right? Nice. Like when I, sounds, when, as a comic, a good you write a comic to say you have two minutes left. So I always joke, can we light people based on how long their set has felt? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Because he's been on stage for an hour, according to my perception. <laughs> it's a relativistic the theory of stand up. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, the time dilation of comedic uh, um, capacity to entertain. Speaking uh, of time going slower than it should, let's go. Let's talk about the movie Interstellar. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the accuracy of the presentation of the fifth dimension in the movie Interstellar? That's from Look A Yo Yo 89 on Instagram. Yeah, I have issues with the interior, the black hole, and the library, and he sees. I like their, that their attempt to portray that, where the sort of infinite uh, uh, boulevards, basically, of space. I like the attempt, and so, and I can't come up with a better attempt. So, who am I to judge it? But if I were to, if you asked me, I would say that's probably not what it's actually like. But I don't know how else to say why that's so. James, yeah. what do you think? And, and actually, didn't he, existing in a higher, f- five-dimensional space, he was able to move around then in time, 
because he was able to then yeah. go to to like his when his daughter was young yes. or some later time. And so it was the same notion that he was in the, what we've been talking about before about Flatland. He was actually able to move around in a higher dimension. And I just don't know and, how he could do sort of Morse code with book titles, but yeah. from the backside of each book. Right. <laughs> how well do you know your books that the other side of the book you can identify the title because right, he's on the other side of the shelf. So he's, he's on the other side of the shelf, pointing, poking yeah, them right. through. Oh yeah, I have issues. He can travel Certainly through five dimensions, but he can't go to the other side of the book. <laughs> just turn around. <laughs> yeah, just turn the brick around, right? <laughs> We've got time for like one or two more questions. All right, go. All right, uh, this will be soundbite mode. Okay, all okay. answers and soundbites. Go. Cool. This one's good. This is from Tony from El Paso, Texas. Is it possible to fabricate an artificial dimension? And if so, could we theoretically create an artificial dimension and send people there to solve our overpopulation? I'm not authorized to respond to that from my knowledge of <laughs> national security. Uh, that would be cool, James, if you can manufacture a dimension. I, I could go into this, but it involves proprietary technology right this now. Is right. <laughs> <laughs> so both James and I are, are, are silent on this. I think it's the Trump Tesseract. I think, <laughs> I think we've already spilled the beans. <laughs> No, it would be it would be really cool if you if you could do that. Well, I mean, wormholes. I mean, you something yeah. like that. I mean, wormholes strike me as, as sort of like entangled particles writ large. What I want is a box in my on my desk where because I already stack the surface is already covered and I already got stuff stacked, but now I need something to put it in a fourth dimension. Oh, see, I, <laughs> I can the, have yeah. The stacked pages must look really mysterious to ants on the surface of the desk. Because the pages just disappeared, mm -hmm. but they actually were elevated into a third dimension, and you could s store way more papers up in a third dimension than you ever could two dimensionally on the surface of the desk. So I'm thinking now, if I have boxes, I'll, I'll just need a four dimensional portal and put all the boxes in the four dimensional portal. I could do that oh. like forever. Am I am I am I right there, James? <laughs> I think it will not violate any point of entropy because no information will be preserved. But I think <laughs> no, I'm not saying put it forever. Then you, you can access it later if you want. I'm just talking about the stacks that I have right now oh, on my desk. Oh, okay. desk. <laughs> if I have any physical object, I would have like a stranger's cat. I would have a cat that's dead and alive simultaneously. That's creepy. It'd be it'd be awesome for Halloween. Yes, it would be awesome. <laughs> Are you trying to get out of feeding it or changing the litter box? Right, you wouldn't have to because at that point it's dead. But then it's not. <laughs> All right, right, so rather than take care of it, he said, "I will now have dead cat right. for the day, so I don't have to." Take I, care I, I of think it. it's no accident that dimensions sound like dementia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's do one more question. All right, the this last one, is, one. This is one is from Call one. Him Bob, and his name is Bob, so call him Bob. Uh, is there an upper limit to the possible number of dimensions? And if so, how do we know, and why does it exist? Well, physical dimensions. I mean, the dimensions in the everyday sense, there's no limit. You could have, go e-harmony, there's 100 dimensions. <laughs> but physical dimensions, it's not clear. I mean, 26 people used to talk about, but I don't know if there's any physical limit. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Do you know, James? No, I don't think. I think the only limit would be what's the evidence. You know, the evidence right now is three spatial in one time, and there are proposals and suggestions for higher order dimensions, but are smaller, and that we'd have to access them at higher energy. But until we find them, you know, and and once you figure out how to find them, there's no reason to cut it off. But <laughs> It's what's the evidence? If I found out, I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> but but just to be clear, mathematically, <laughs> there is no constraint on how many dimensions you can invoke 
in a in, a, in an equation or in right, a calculation. Yeah. An infinite dimensional yeah. vector space. Infinite dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> but physically, I don't know. So there, there can never be somebody beyond your dimension. There can be an infinity plus one deity. That, you sound that like he, a 10 year old kid. <laughs> yeah. What's your biggest number? You know, a billion, billion and one. Right. Okay, infinity, infinity and one. No, it's still infinity. Right. You lose. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you lost that a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. We got to wrap this up. James, always good to have you. Oh, pleasure. Thanks Any very way much. we can get you. Next time, you're, you. next time you come through New York, just make sure to stop by. We will wrap a show around you. Okay. <laughs> Bring your action figures. Bring yeah, your, right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, John, uh, thanks for being on Star Talk. It was a great pleasure. Is this your first time on Star Talk? It is. It is. Okay. Wow. All right. It is. Well, well, we'll we'll find a way to get back to you because I love me some math. <laughs> and and Harrison. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. We'll get you back for sure. Awesome. And uh, this has been Star Talk, the 4D Cosmic Queries edition. <laughs> I've been your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, and as always, I bid you to keep looking up. Ah.